1: Ladies and gentlemen, the Deal Intermission Podcast, season three, episode 14. I'm joined by Amy Agar in the first half. Absolutely great interview. She tells her story about, you know, navigating the social media world and coming up and and really being a, a media personality in the sports world. She's fantastic. Uh, I'll mention it in the interview, but go check her out. Go check out Annie Agar on uh, on all of her socials, Instagram, TikTok, Twitter. She's a really great follow. She's a content machine. She's really good at what she does. Uh, And we'll get into her journey into the spotlight. Um, But just a few notes in the pregame show. Uh, Thursday was a sports equinox. So the NHL, NBA, NFL, and MLB were all playing the MLS. It, it's happened, I think it was the 27th time that it's happened. So as you can imagine, the content has been pouring out into the sports world. So we've got a lot to get into today. So that's why we're going to have Annie on in the first half. And then in the second half, we've got to talk about the UFC fights that went over the weekend, 280 in Abu Dhabi. We're going to talk about the NFL slate that went on on Sunday. And in quarter four, we'll do a briefing in the PGA world. We've got a new world number one on the PGA tour. The NBA and the NHL have been pouring Cornell content as well. So without further ado, all right, ladies and gentlemen. Annie Agar, the Annie Agar, Valley Sports Correspondent for the NFL. I would say social media superstar. Annie, how are you doing oh, today?
0: I'm good. I'm really good. I don't know about superstar, but that's I, more that's more you guys. I'm just I'm just trying, trying to get to your level.
1: That's just not even close. Um, no, Annie's a, a big-time star across all platforms. So if you haven't followed her, go check out her stuff, Annie Agar. But, uh, but listen, Annie, you're big in the football world. You're big in the NCAA basketball, football world. How would you get into sports? You know, What was that like? You know, Was it from your childhood? Tell us a little bit about that.
0: Yeah. Good question. People don't really ask that because, you know, they just assume, Oh, you just grew up a sports fan. Like how did, how did you get into the social media side of things? But the sports side came probably mostly from my family. My brother's the biggest sports fan, my older brother. Um, and he just knows everything. Like you could ask him who won the super bowl back in 19, whatever, who was the MVP he'd know right away. Um, so that, so that was kind of taught to me by him. And then my dad actually played, uh, for the tigers, for the Detroit tigers for a little while for, I think he was four years in the league. Um, he was on the team in 85 when they won the world series, but he didn't get a ring cause he was in the minors. So that already, you know, my like my mom and dad got married and my dad said, we're going to have nine kids. To have a baseball team, my mom, first of all, was like absolutely not, but, <laughs> but that's it. Just that's how we thought. That's how my family worked. We'd come home at night, uh, you know, my dad would get home from work, we'd get home from school, and we'd talk about what games were on that weekend instead of like how our day was. It just was a we were just were a very sports oriented family, um, and I think that helped a lot because. You sports helps you, or like, uh, learn to, you know, listen to coaches and have respect and work as a team, and that's kind of how my family sees life too. So it just was a very integrated. Uh, it was a very a big thing integrated into our lives that just kind of was a natural tendency, and that's how I grew up thinking sports was just everything and anything, and apparently it is to me now too. <laughs>
1: Yeah, absolutely. No, I, you're right. I mean, sports have so many great lessons to, to teach and and um, you know, so many benefits just in in every aspect of life. So, that's amazing. Um, but you know, when we flip into the social media side of things, I mean, one thing that I'm learning and and I'm sure you've learned this too, Annie, is that there's so many people creating about sports. Sports media, you know, the different leagues, mm-hmm. there's just and it's and it's very challenging to to get noticed and to try to, you know, gain a following, but you know, mm-hmm. take us back to the beginning. You know, what was that like Um, you know, was it a tweet? Was it an Instagram post? You're like, oh, that got a little traction. And then, you know, how did that start building? Tell us a little bit about that.
0: Yeah. So I, I was, I always loved social media. I thought it was a great way to connect with people. Um, but I, I always saw it as kind of promoting yourself because that's what everybody kind of does on social media, but it wasn't until COVID, And I worked in local news, and so my my Twitter was mostly about promoting what I did for work. And I I shot a lot of high school football, so I'd tweet about the games, and it was great for local people because then they knew they'd come to my Twitter and see updates on games that they didn't go to, or their kid was playing in, or something. So I thought I kind of saw it as a great avenue to connect with people, but I was still kind of promoting myself and didn't really know how to bridge the gap between that. Um, And then during COVID, I it was I was on Mother's Day, which is the weirdest thing because my mom. Like praise for me all the time. So I think that was a God thing where she was like, Yeah, it's good. This is gonna happen on Mother's Day. But it was on Mother's Day. I was I hadn't been working for a while because COVID shut everything down in March and this was in May. Um, and I I just again on TikTok and I had this idea to do a Big Ten meeting because we were all we were doing these Zoom calls, and I thought, how funny would it be to have the Big Ten hop on a Zoom call and try to get football season going? Um, And I didn't have a script. I didn't have any kind of idea. I just hopped on TikTok and, and TikTok's great as you know, to shoot short little clips and see them back to back. So it was just the perfect setup for kind of what I wanted to do. And I hopped on for a couple hours Sunday afternoon and I did, uh, I, you know, played out the big 10 in a zoom meeting. And I, and I did it based off of the knowledge that I had of it because I'm super familiar with the conference growing up in it. So you kind of know how the teams act with each other and what, what teams really hate each other, what teams kind of are more, you know, on the, on the same page. So I shot the video, uh, that night I had put it on TikTok and it was doing okay. And then the, that Monday someone had taken it from TikTok and put it on Twitter and within 15 minutes I was getting notification after notification. It just absolutely blew up to the point that I've never experienced anything on my social media ever blowing up like that before. And it just opened up this whole world where I thought, okay, like this is something people need humor, first of all, because it was everybody's depressed with COVID. Nobody was really thinking about sports because everything had stopped. So I was like, this is where I can I can get people excited about football season again. And I started doing the other conferences and then I started doing the NFL. And that's when it really led to what I'm doing now. But I just I think, it, you know the big thing with social media is being able to give content to people. That's not so much about you, but something they relate to. So I think the NFL videos and the big 10 video did so well because they saw their team in my video. So yeah, it's all of me and I'm the one like the face on camera, but at the end of the day, they do not, they don't care about that. They care about the jokes I'm making and how it relates to their team and how they can share it with their friends and say, yes, this is exactly what I feel about my team. I'm going to share it with you so that you understand how I'm feeling. And I love that because I love that now I'm giving other fans a voice through my videos in a humor, you know, kind of way.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And people who are unfamiliar with Annie, she's a savage. She's so funny. It's hilarious what she does. Did you always have that sense of humor Annie? Like were you like a class clown growing up? Like what was that all about? Where is this coming from? You know
0: from? What, what's funny and it's kind of an oxymoron and that's what people always say about my videos or like my tweets cuz I'll take a shot, a big shot at somebody, but I'm inherently hopefully at least I try to be a kind of a nice person. Yeah. So in high school and in college I was always like super unassumingly savage and mean to people. (laughs) So I make a joke and that's, and the yes, to answer your question, that's how my family is. Like my dad will tell my mom, I love you. And then I'll follow it up with a, you know, a a diss at her or something, you know, all in humor, obviously, but that's just how my family is. My dad's very passive aggressively um, like dry sense of humor. Like you never, we have to explain to people, Oh, he's joking. Cause he'll be so brutal sometimes. <laughs> but I think that's where I get it from. It's just a love language for me. So in high school or in college, I would do it with my friends and would, p- people that didn't know me well, wouldn't expect it because I'd be super nice to somebody. And then I'd, you know, take a dig at him or something. Cause it just comes so naturally. So it was a very natural way to include in my videos for sure. Cause on the daily, I kind of use it with my friends and family.
1: Yeah. No, you do a great job with it. I mean, and Thank today you. in today's society, people get offended. Sometimes it's like, this is, this is comedy. This is humor. Yeah. Like have a laugh. Yeah. Chill out people. And that's people. what I try
0: to do. I try to balance it by making fun of myself too. Yeah, Cause I'll, I'll do self-deprecating humor all the time. Cause then I, then people know I'm not actually, you know, genuine about it. And if I, if it was a real thing, I wouldn't be making a joke about it. No, so absolutely. hopefully people know <laughs> <laughs>
1: So Annie, when did you realize, you know, social media that this had, this was the this had an opportunity to be your job? This you had an opportunity here to make a career out of it. Was there a point when you're like, was it a certain amount of followers or was it someone reaching out and you were like, "Okay, this is this is actually this is blowing up. This is something that I can do."
0: Great question. Yeah, I didn't ever see social media as a job or think it could be my job. I'd seen influencers before and People on Instagram that would post about fashion and all this kind of stuff. And that was kind of bigger when we were growing up. Like it was, it wasn't really a, a sports Avenue yet. Cause you know, anybody in sports media, they would did sideline, they did on air stuff, but influencers were more like fashion, food, that kind of um, like special interests you know, more lifestyle type pieces. So with sports, it just was kind of progressing. I think on TikTok, um, TikTok really opened up a whole world for sports and and social media. But I think it really clicked when um, I got an agent. So because I I knew I wanted to get to the next level in my career and the next level was always ESPN. I always want to be a sideline reporter. I want to be at the next, you know, the highest level I could get to. Um, and and that was my family I always said, you know, shoot for the stars and, and see what happens. So I always wanted to get to that next level, but I always thought I had to go through local news and do it the way everybody else did. Like to be the next Aaron Andrews, you had to follow her path exactly. But social media opened up a whole other demographic that we didn't even think about. And I tell everybody if I if I, I speak to a couple of colleges and I've told them you that you know, if you want to break into whatever job you want to get into, social media, you're promoting yourself. It's free promotion. And it's a great way for CEOs of any company to see you. If you just start putting out content so i started to kind of see it as maybe this could be my new job when i was when i was doing the nfl videos it was a weekly thing so i thought this is a job whether i'm getting paid for it or not this yeah, is yeah, my full yeah. time job now so i got an agent and she really solidified that yes this can be your new job not just with marketing deals or brand deals but um, we're going to get you a full time job, not pitching you as a comedian and not pitching you as a, a, a sports, you know, reporter type thing, kind of a hybrid of both. Um, and we're going to u- utilize social media like crazy. So she really opened me. She's great, absolutely great. I absolutely love my agent. Um, and she really opened my eyes to what is possible in the social media world that I didn't really even realize yet. So now it's yeah, I totally see it as a full time job. And I now I see all these other people that you know, like you. This is our full time job. This is what yeah, we do.
1: <laughs> exactly. It's crazy to think that, but i think like i'm a big believer that if you have a passion for something you know and and you try different things like you'll find a way to do it if you work hard enough and and obviously social media has opened up the doors you know for us mm-hmm. to to get into this realm but but uh you know you, it it makes it easy because you, we're so so passionate about it but um no that's awesome so annie tell me about in public you know oftentimes you're probably getting recognized people are asking for photos like when was the first time you're like oh shit people know me from <laughs> what i do
0: um I think the biggest one was the Super Bowl this past year. I I I gotten recognized a little bit in Chicago. I live in Chicago. I gotten recognized a little bit throughout Chicago. You know, at a couple bars people come up to me and stuff and I thought it was so cool. And then I got to the Super Bowl and I'm not even kidding you Greg, every other person would say love your videos. It was the, it was blew my mind. And I, and I just, I absolutely loved it. And since then it's been more and more people. So now, and, and usually when I go to sporting events, that's where the majority of people recognize me because those are my people. So, um, yeah, people come up to me. I, I went to the Ohio state Notre Dame game at the beginning of this season and I walked, I was walking through the Ohio state tailgate and I couldn't, I, am I not, I'm not trying to say this in a braggy way? Because I just want people to if you want to get to this level, social media is a great way for it. Like this is just proof right away Um, because I was walking through the Ohio State tailgate and I couldn't go 30 seconds without someone coming up for a picture or wanting to say that they love the videos. And that just solidifies that I'm doing I'm in the industry that I should be in already. And I'm connecting with these people. And it is so fun for me. Because these are people I I have no idea who they are, and now I'm connected with them on another level. Or I say, hey, I'll follow you back on social media. Or thanks for liking my stuff. If I see your comments, I'll comment back. It's just the coolest way to connect with random people, and it's all through sports. And I just love it. So the Super Bowl was really cool. Any kind of sporting event I go to now is is really fun. I was in a bar last weekend, the other weekend, and a guy. Oh, I was I was going up to get a drink, but I was looking at like what bets I was going to place because the game's on that night and stuff. And this guy comes up to me. He's like. I thought you were Annie Agar and then I looked at your phone and saw you sports gambling and I knew you were Annie Agar. <laughs> so no. <laughs> no so way. stuff like that is just so fun um, to connect with people like that. But yeah, the Super Bowl is the biggest thing where I realized, wow, like people actually know who I am now.
1: Yeah. Like I'm making noise people. And that's amazing. Like that, what a reassuring feeling, Annie, that you're doing the right thing. And that, you know, you're good at what you do is because, you know, when you go to sports p- bars anywhere is that people are like, wait, that's Annie Agar. Like that's such a good feeling. It's gotta be. <laughs> Um, uh, one thing that I've got to, uh, I, I like to ask influencers, not that I've had many on the podcast, Danny, but I always wonder because I, I don't struggle with it, but it can definitely, you know, alter my mood at times is do you ever read comments? Like I get stuck sometimes doing it because a lot of our content comes from the comments, but, um, do you ever read comments and you're like, oh, man, and I, it sucks because it's like, Greg, that's just one person who knows where they are. They're hiding behind their screen. Like it doesn't matter, but I sometimes get caught up in reading comments and where I'm just like, I'm learning to just be like who gives a, you know, what, you know, yeah, like it just, it's right. just someone who knows where, you know, behind a, a random, you know, account and they're saying what they want, but, uh, but do you have comments affected you and, and how have you dealt with that?
0: Yeah. I didn't even think about you guys. Cause you do have to read a lot of the comments sometimes, you know, influencers that is, may, might not even
1: turn them off. or, or just not even, yeah, off yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah. I, so that was the biggest concern. My mom actually voiced me when I first started doing this and getting bigger in social media. Cause I'm a very, I need positive feedback. Like I'm a very, um, I'm very critical of myself. And I really take into consideration how people think of me and what they want from me and their opinions of me. Um, And so my mom said, you know, one bad, and this was before now it's been a little bit more um, I've gotten bad comments. I will say, because now I, I push the envelope. I, you know, I'll, I, I take shots at the bears all the time so i've gotten bears fans say and mean things to me all the time but before all that i didn't really push them up as much and so people it was positive feedback all the time and my mom said i'm really worried one negative comment and i think it's just gonna it's really gonna shut you down and i i've gotten um in the past i kind of went through a, a thing on twitter and i gotten a lot of negative comments and stuff and i was really proud of myself because i i it didn't affect me as much as i thought it would because you a don't know. And I always try to think about that with people that they could be having a bad day. Maybe they just saw my tweet and they just want to take their anger out on that. Maybe they're mad at their family and they, they just wanted someone to hate on social media. You never know what they're dealing with personally. And I've never, I would never, and I've seen people do it and I give them props because there's a certain thing to say about standing up for yourself and commenting back to all these people and stuff, but it never has been to the point where I thought, yeah, me commenting back is going to make the situation any better because it's not gonna make me feel better. Now I'm looking like I I read every comment and I'm super bent out of shape about what they've said. And it's going to make them feel bad because now they think they have to defend themselves even more. So I just let the anger kind of come out. Um, it's not, I don't take it too personally. I feel I'll feel bad if it's like negative comment after negative comment, then I'll start to think, Oh, is my content not good? Or is this not what they want? But I never think it's like a personal, shot against me or feel any less about myself because of the comments. So I think that's super important for people on social media when they get negative comments to remember that, you know, go, maybe go through the ones that are really good. And, um, and I have my family will go through the comments because they, my brother's my biggest supporter, but they'll, they'll send me positive comments. If it's a post that I'm not feeling confident about, or if I, if I think that there's getting a lot of hate on it or something, they'll send me a couple great ones. And it'll always be like, um, your content's the reason I look forward to Tuesdays, or you know, you make NFL season better. and I, and those are the comments that make me, you know, get me through the tougher ones. And I've had so many sweet people in the industry say, um, you know, things about my videos and, uh, it's just been great. So, yeah. So I think there's a balance to both. You just can't focus on the negative. And if it ever gets too much, have someone help you see the positive side of things or help you see the positive comments.
1: No, absolutely. That's a good way to handle it. Like I have straight up debated, like Kevin Duranting it, like just make burners and go at it, but not <laughs> just joking. Yeah. No, absolutely. No, that, you don't know. You gotta, you gotta know oh,
0: all those people saying negative things are my brother's burner accounts. So <laughs> yeah. sure.
1: That's right. Oh my goodness. <laughs> So let's move into the football world, Annie. Um, you're a big Green, Green Bay Packers fan. You grew up in Michigan. You know, talk about your fandom in football <laughs> and how you became a Green Bay Packers fan.
0: That's a great one because people have a lot of questions about that, especially now that the Packers are doing badly and I put out a video about it and they're like, oh, try being a Lions fan. In my defense, I was for like five years. When I was four or five, I was pretty young. My bro- so my brother's a diehard Lions fan, whole family, big Lions fans um like whole family like extended family everybody because we're all we're originally from Detroit so and I love Detroit so it was it was a really tough decision but when I was younger I wasn't as into football I didn't you know I didn't like know everything obviously that I do now because I was like five or six but my best friend was from Wisconsin her whole family was from Wisconsin big Green Bay Packers fans and I used to go over to her house on the weekend sometimes and hang out and I remember one Sunday coming home and and this is how this is how diehard of a Lions fan my brother is. It would affect his mood emotionally the rest of the week. I mean, it was we would dread Sundays because Johnny, if he if the Lions didn't win, he would just be miserable the whole week. So I came home on Sunday from my friend's house. We had a grand old time. Green Bay, Green Bay played. I don't remember who they played. Um, but everybody was happy. We were they were like their families drinking beer. They had a ton of food. It was a great time. I came home. My brother is miserable because the Lions lost again. And I looked at my mom and I was like. You know, they don't cry over there on Sundays. She's like, yes, Annie, because they're Packers fans. And I was like, oh, okay, noted. And then from then on, I swear to you, I rooted for the Packers every time because I'm like, this is the stupidest thing. And I was young, so I, I didn't even, you know, really know what I was doing. But darn if I didn't stay with that fandom, so... That's where that fandom comes from, and hopefully it's not seen as a, a bandwagon because oh. I was like five or six, so I yeah, didn't even yeah. know what a bandwagon
1: was. No, exactly. That's <laughs> awesome. Yeah, you're like, why do I have to go through this? Let's. It was terrible. Let's enjoy. It was it. Awful. No, exactly. Yeah. yeah, that's cool. Um, you know, obviously they've been they've been fantastic. What are you thinking about uh, Aaron Rodgers? What are your thoughts on him for the past few years? Obviously with the, the debacle that he has had with, with ownership and and management and the coach yeah. and Devonte leaving and and I mean this whole mushroom ordeal that he's dealing with and the girlfriend carousel, you know, how do you feel about Aaron Rodgers?
0: I really want to see the best in him. And I think, I don't know. I think, I don't think we know what he's like other than his close circle. Cause I think he keeps it close for a reason, which you know, good for him. I, I think he's got so many things going on. And I say the same thing about Tom Brady, as much as I hate on the guy, they are at such a high level of, fame that who knows what is going on because I know I don't I don't think I would handle it very well either. You know, I don't know how I would constantly keep up with, you know, you have one bad game, you're all over Twitter. You have one great game, you're all over Twitter. It's just, it's just constant. So um I think a lot is going on with Aaron in that sense. And I try to think the best of him. But I do remember when Jordan Rogers was on The Bachelor and he had, I don't know if anybody watches The Bachelor, but they had the hometown dates. And I was like, I, and I literally watched that that season just to see the hometown dates with Aaron Rodgers and his whole family. And Aaron didn't show up for his brother's hometown date. And I just after that, I was like, and I was the die, I was a diehard defend Aaron Rodgers. I defended that guy till I was blue in the face. And after that, I was like, you know what? Maybe it is him. Maybe it's not his family because for the longest time, we thought his family was the one that you know kind of kicked him to the, the curb and didn't talk to him. And I just remember thinking, okay, so maybe he's the problem. And ever since then stuff had happened. So then he lost the, his girlfriends. The whole thing happened with Devonte leaving. I just think there's a, I don't know if it's a God complex or what, but something, something's going on and I'm sure he's not the easiest person to be on a team with.
1: Yeah. yeah unfortunately,
0: yeah. but still the most talent was so talented. Oh yeah,
1: he'll go down as one of the greats. But I think you're right, and you put it perfectly. I mean, how hard is it to give perspective or have perspective on you know what these guys deal with, with the fame that they're dealing with? And um, it's funny that you bring up the Bachelor Paradise has been wild so far. Um, I, do, I have not been watching it. I, I haven't watched Bachelor. In I find, I find time to dive into the Bachelor franchise. <laughs> I mean, I, I'll I'll admit it. You should
0: do some TikToks on that. Um, we need to hear your Bachelor in Paradise. So. Yeah,
1: you know what? I, can, <laughs> I I've got some takes. There's no question. Um, but uh, but listen, it's funny because there are there is a connection between the Bachelor franchise and the nfl i feel as if there's a lot of football players former football players uh clay harbour comes to mind former tight end for yes oh um, i met him
0: yeah no, great guy. okay
1: yeah yeah so he comes yeah. to mind he's been on there um yeah. but uh, they always bring in some some washed up and then who was oh. the um oh, clayton or who was the uh there was a guy there was a bachelor a couple uh, a couple oh. seasons ago and he was he was a former he played at college i don't think he played in the nfl yeah i know
0: what you're talking about uh well K- matt james matt james played for the saints for a little bit yeah 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 yeah, and then yeah. there is a crossover, and I think and Michael Jr. tweets about the Bachelor all the time, which I think is hilarious. Who does? So there is some sort of weird, yes, during the season he no, but like who does? Biggest, any
1: sorry, I missed the name.
0: Mike Michael Jr.
1: Oh, okay, okay.
0: Yeah, I don't know if Michael himself watches it, but Junior does. Um, but yeah, I, there's some weird crossover with football, and, and I've tweeted about it before. I think I've I've made some Joe. Oh, they there was one guy threw a football in the Bachelor this past season. And it was terrible and I made some joke about him, Jared Goff on third down. And people loved it because I think there is a crossover between the bachelor and football for some odd reason, of all things.
1: Yeah. I don't know. Well, Jesse Palmer's now the host. I mean there's
0: Oh yeah, another one. You know there's a lot of crossovers. There it's weird. Is,
1: there, I'm gonna have to dive more into that. Um <laughs> there might be some content coming. Uh <laughs> Bachelor Coming, content. yeah, some bachelor content going on. Okay, listen, any, uh, I'm gonna get absolutely roasted. I think for that. I mean, I, I'm I'm not embarrassed to say that. It's a I don't watch it live because there's sports going on, but I'll dive in. if It I takes get, a
0: real man to admit that. Greg.
1: Okay, I, I appreciate okay. that. I'll, you know what? I'll take it in stride. But. Um, okay. Christian McCaffrey traded to the San Francisco 49ers last night, Annie. Um, yeah. What are your initial thoughts? I haven't checked out if you've made any content. I'm assuming you're going to have some fun with this one. <laughs> but, uh, I mean, just for me, I mean, San Francisco has been a bit of a, I mean, it's been a dumpster fire in terms of injuries. I mean, they've yeah. been banged up for so for the last couple of years and it's really affected them. And now they just go trade for the maybe the biggest band-aid of a running back. I mean, it's amazing. His upside is clearly very good. But what's your initial thoughts here, Annie?
0: Um. Yeah, I was highly surprised by this. Um, I think Carolina actually got a pretty good deal out of it um, because I think people were not talking about getting that many picks for Christian. Furt. Like you said, a very injury prone Christian McCaffrey. He hasn't really done anything because he's been injured every season. Um, and Carolina's, we know that they're in a full rebuild, full rebuild. They are, they are looking to like 2024 right now. Mm-hmm. So um, I think it was really smart. Carolina, and I did tweet, I tweeted out something asking how fans were Carolina fans were, and they were like half of them were wanted to jump off a cliff, um, and half of them felt relatively okay. So I'm gonna say they're somewhere in the middle there. Um, but yeah, I was really surprised. Ky- I mean, Kyle Shanahan loves to run the ball, so I think this. Will be for <laughs> oh, and I did tweet out something about. Remember when Baker Mayfield was doing his progressive commercials? I don't even know if he does them anymore. He had a progressive commercial. Where he was doing a yard sale, and he was like selling all the stuff in the, you oh, know, had the sign that said yard sale. <laughs> so I tweeted out a picture of that. and I said, "Baker Mayfield in like Carolina right now."
1: Oh so, my goodness!
0: Just a yard sale over there. Just get rid of everybody. Poor Absol- DJ Moore is sitting over there, like, please for the love of God, sell me.
1: Oh but my goodness! I don't feel so bad. Ah, oh, it's awful. I mean, yeah, Matt Rule gone, Robbie Anderson gone, yeah. Christian yeah. McCaffrey gone. Yeah, it's, they literally
0: it, have a substitute teacher in there, and nobody. <laughs> the, their quarterback room is uh, disgusting. It's oh, terrible.
1: It is. It is so awful. Um, gosh, I mean, Cam Newton might be waiting by the phone. You never know. Yeah,
0: honestly, you never honestly. know. Mm, um I feel like that's a low point in your franchise. Like that's you've just oh, you've reached the lowest of lows.
1: <laughs> yeah, oh, well, absolutely. If you're just reaching out to quarterbacks who played well for your franchise, eight the 10 years ago, and you're like, listen, we need you. <laughs> well, we need ya. Um, you. You've been on the TB12. But uh, but listen, speaking of TB12, Annie, I mean, it's been a, a rough season for Tom Brady. I, I, statistically, it's been okay. Like, he hasn't like fallen off a cliff, but he's definitely, okay. um, you know, regressing in terms of his play. But, I mean, everything that's going on with Giselle, I mean, you know, I think, like, you know, obviously you love the game of football, Tom, and you've won everything that you could win. Uh, you've, you've climbed the mountain of success in the NFL you'll go down as the greatest of all time you also have a family there's going to be life mm-hmm. you know to live after the NFL and and I get you love the game and it, it, you know you can you can see the passion obviously the fire is still lit but uh, and you respect that but you know now that it's affected his family life to what it is you know what's your what's your take on the whole situation with Tom Brady
0: Yeah man I don't, I think he cuz it just sucks cuz he could have gone out if he'd have retired when he actually said that he was retiring or when it was leaked that he was retiring it was a shock to the world. We all were bringing up stories about Tom Brady and how this happened in this Super Bowl and all these great memories. And now it's just, it's just a weird, like, is he good? Should he ever, reti- it's just a weird, a weird storyline. And I think, um, I was telling somebody the other day, I think the only reason he didn't retire is because it wasn't the narrative that he wanted, which is so typical Tom Brady, you know, everything has to be in his little world. Um, Sorry, Tom, I, I really have a hard time with him. I can't, I just can't do it. First of all, he went to Michigan and I already don't like Michigan. So anyway, um, I do Which respect Which is so
1: him. wild being from Michigan, but continue. <laughs>
0: I know, yeah. I, I just was very anti my own state apparently. yeah, and For some reason, my own sports teams other than like the Red Wings and Tigers. But anyway, um, <laughs> yeah, I think if he had retired when he actually said he was gonna retire, he would have had his family still. Who knows what's going on with that? I do feel bad about that whole situation because I, I hate personal... Like I don't want something bad to happen in your personal life. Um, but yeah, who, who knows? And Giselle apparently is a great who is I oh, I just was talking to um a crew, a crew that I worked with, and they had worked with Giselle, they'd filmed with Giselle, and they said she is one of the nicest person, like one of the nicest people to work with and just a very genuine person. So at some point that had to contrast if Tom's having all these issues and, um, and wants to be in the spotlight more and doesn't want to retire and be with his family. I don't know what's going on with that, but I feel really bad about it. Um, but yeah, you just wonder if, if the narrative hadn't leaked and it had been in his terms, if he would have actually been retired by now.
1: No, absolutely. It's, it's been tough. He looks like he looks old, like he's, he's wearing the stress look- this season. I know. Um, I know. Actually, if I were uh, you know uh, the CEO or the management team of the of the Bachelor, I would be hunting down Giselle and Tom Brady. I mean, who, let's think about that. Like, who who could you see Giselle and Tom going after right now? I mean, I, I know the obvious one is Zach Wilson,
0: hilarious. but. Uh, oh, yeah. 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 Some people tweeted that out too.
1: <laughs> that would be so Wilson
0: and Giselle. That would be the ultimate F you to Tom Brady if oh, she started dating Craig Wilson. The, the Jets. Pete, Davidson. Pete Davidson's an option too.
1: Absolutely. Yeah, he comes out of the woodwork and just is like, What? Okay. attaboy a boy know. Pete. Now, Uh yeah, it's gonna I be interesting know. to see.
0: Apparently we're lowering our standards for men these days, but
1: whatever. <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh. Okay, listen. I'm not going to get into the Dan Snyder stuff because I really don't know what's going on there. I mean, he made comments, and I don't think you're you, you don't know what's going on there either. You know, with him. I just, think
0: it just. I think it's more like a is this is this impeding the NFL's integrity? Like, is this making the NFL look bad? Which I think it is. And plus, I think yeah. it's a huge distraction to the commanders they they've got enough stuff going on. They don't need all this as well, but yeah, that's all I can think about. No, it for so sure. Cause I don't know exactly what's happening, but
1: it's been odd. His comments and, and uh, everything like that. And, and I know your guy, Ronnie Rivera, good friend of yours, Ron Rivera, oh, and he's been golfing with Ron has <laughs> been to commanders preseason camp. He's hung out with Ron Rivera. So that's pretty cool. But all right, Annie, let's play a little segment here to end it off. Okay. Okay. So we're going to play percentages. So you're going to, I'm going to give you a scenario and you're going to give me a percentage chance of this occurring. Okay. okay? the bills the buffalo bills winning the super bowl and these are going to be on tiktok most likely so you got bills mafia coming at you
0: okay bill well first of all i think it's going to be bills eagles super bowl okay this year. if that's the case i'm going to take the bills eagles are good but this is it's josh allen like i'm 100% so i would say i'll say i'll
1: say 91% 91% i like if it if
0: the bills make it to the super bowl yeah for
1: sure yeah yeah
0: i'm pretty sure it'll be against the eagles I'm going
1: to say 91%. I love it. I love it. That'd be electric. Josh Allen has looked so good. So good. Um, okay. Second question. Sorry I got something popping up in the laptop here. Uh, what is the percent chance this is Tom Brady's last season?
0: Oh, that's a good one. Oh, that's a good... I would say extremely high, but, but he's also to the point now where he has to prove himself. So if he if he has the season that he's having, maybe they don't even make the playoffs. Is he going to be, is that how he's going to retire? No, I don't think so. Plus, if he's not, he doesn't even have his family. But then if it has a relatively mediocre season, they make the playoffs, maybe, maybe take it uh, win the NFC, maybe. But I don't know. I think, I'll say, I think, what it was the percentage that this is? Is his last season, you said? Yep. I'll say 85%. Okay.
1: Age. Okay. Yeah, I don't mind that actually. Um, yeah. I think it would just be absolutely ridiculous if he decides to do it again. And, and he's talked about it like it's like going to. I don't. I, I think he compared it to like going to war, or going on like a de, like getting deployed. Yeah. Like it's like it takes such a toll on your body. Your men, like especially being a quarterback, like the amount of studying you have to do. The you know you got to know yeah. where everyone's on. Everyone is on the field. Like you you are accountable for your entire offense and understanding what the entire defense is doing. It's such yeah. a demanding job. Um, okay, Annie. What are the what is the percent chance Saquon Barkley finishes the season this uh, healthy?
0: Oh, um, I feel like well, oh that's a tough one. I'll say I'll say like sixty five percent.
1: Okay, yeah, I know. Yeah, because I
0: never wish injury on a player, and Saquon, I have him on my fantasy team. So.
1: <laughs> oh, he's having a great year. You must be doing well. He
0: is, yeah. and I don't want to jinx it. So we'll say we'll see. We'll be safe.
1: Okay, I like it. <sighs> Odell Beckham Jr. signs with the Kansas City Chiefs what's the percent oh my chance gosh.
0: there is a there was a tweet that went viral the other day about OBJ signing with the Vikings and I and I <laughs> never believed those tweets because it's always the fake graphic and it's like OBJ so never believed them and this time I did because I got a stupid Twitter it's Twitter's fault they they gave me a notification for it so I was like oh, breaking news wasn't real. Um, I don't, OBJ seems like he's loving life right now. He's doing his little college tour of the NFL stadiums. Uh he had a TikTok the other day with his girlfriend who is smoking, by the way. So I don't see any reason for him to make it a, make a decision very quickly. Um I with the Chiefs, I, I mean that would be the t- maybe that'd be the team I could see him going to. Okay. Um I'll say, I'll say another like 67, 67.5%.
1: Okay. The rest of the league. Well, there's not. He's not going to go to like the Lions. Like, he, yeah, yeah, okay. You'll give. He's you'll going give,
0: to a Super Bowl contender for sure.
1: Yeah, okay. You'll give fact, the field. If Patty
0: can stop throwing interceptions with twelve seconds left in the game, then he'll go to the Chiefs.
1: For sure. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> All right. What are the chances? What is a percent chance Dan Campbell finishes the season as the coach of the Detroit Lions?
0: <laughs> oh, that hurts. I love him. That man says the word "man" more than anybody in the history of. Anybody? Have you ever seen that? Oh. It's like, oh man, we had a great game, man. We were out there, man. So love them, love. That them, could be
1: a piece of content, he taking an interview and man count.
0: <laughs> I should. Yeah, I should. That's yeah. a great idea. That's a great idea. Um, I think the lines are still high on him. He he gave like he's changed the. That's what's in Detroit. Like, you've got to have the right mentality, and he's a Detroit guy. And we saw it on hard knocks. I think Detroit fans will riot if they get rid of Dan Campbell, even if they're, you know, because the look at of their offense was doing well. Yes, their defense gave up 45 points a game, but they still were doing really well offensively, and I really like Dan Campbell just from the the, the atmosphere he's put on that team. So I'll say, I'll say 92% he stays.
1: Coach. Okay. That's higher than I expected, Annie. You're bullish on Dan Campbell keeping his job.
0: I am. I'm I to like go it. to war for that, man. <laughs> All right.
1: I like it. Yeah. I mean, he he's a, he's a, he, he's a motivating guy. I mean, he's I'll, so I'll cool. say that. He is. He is. Yeah. I, I always, I found it hilarious during Hard Knocks. I think I've, I've mentioned this to you, but the amount of signs that say grit, just grit is everywhere.
0: He, oh, there was one episode. I think I talked to you guys about this on the show we were doing on Sunday one day, but he said... What did he say? He called the snack bar something else. It was like, it was like fuel station or so. I don't know. It was so funny. <laughs> but that's his mentality—is like grind it out. Like we're these. I just love him. He's a cool guy.
1: Yeah. yeah. All right. Last I'm one, good. Annie. What is the percent? What is the percent chance Aaron Rodgers wins another Super Bowl?
0: <laughs> I might be asking
1: the wrong person.
0: Oh man, this might be the lowest percentage of the day. I I'm really struggling with the two time MVP. I just don't. Oh man, I'll, I'll go. I'm going to say in the twenties, I'm just not confident about it. I don't love the team. I don't any, like anything we said, we'd fix the special teams. They were absolute disaster again this year. I just, who? Yeah. Nope. No. In the twenties.
1: Okay, okay. Well, uh, listen, I like 20's it.
0: is a gracious number. I think
1: <laughs> lower than 20, maybe I like, yeah. it. I like it. All right. Well, listen, everyone, that's Annie Egar for you. Your story talking football. Thank you, Annie, for coming on. I know our audience is going to love it. And, uh, and if you haven't, Annie Agar, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, you name it. Facebook, who knows? Go follow <laughs> oh her. God, I'm
0: on Facebook.
1: <laughs> but Annie, thank you for taking <laughs> some my time to chat. Ha- my
0: grandma comments on my Facebook post. If you do
1: that. <laughs> That's right. That's right. There's a demographic that needs the Facebook post. You got you gotta <laughs> to provide is. for it. <laughs> <Yeah>. Thank <laughs> you, Annie, for coming on.
0: Of course. Thanks for having me.
1: Absolutely. Well, thanks to Andy for hopping on, talking about her journey into the social media sports media world. Um, she's awesome. Like I said, go give her a follow. But we got some content to get into here, folks. Uh, we got some UFC and NFL coming at you here in quarter three, and we got some NHL, NBA, PGA. And I'm gonna be I'm gonna be buzzing through this because there's a lot of news to get into, and uh, we've got a short amount of time here. So with the UFC 280, obviously over the weekend in Abu Dhabi, this was a massive card. The bantamweight fight, the way, the bantamweight title on the line, the lightweight title on the line. But the first of the, bi- the three big fights was Sean O'Malley, who was fighting against Peter Yon, who Peter Yon had been the uh, two-time, I do believe, belt holder in the Bantamweight division. Sean O'Malley, obviously, Sugar Sean, a social media superstar. He's oftentimes on the Nelk Boys podcast. I do believe he's got his own podcast. He's done really well on social media. Drives around in a pink Lamborghini. He's tattooed. He's got cornrows. I mean, he's an electric figure. So Peter Yan, to me, when I was watching this fight, it looked like he controlled him on the ground for rounds one and three. I felt like when they were standing up, Sean O'Malley was much taller and kind of carving him up a little bit. I'm the last guy to ask about fights. But from what I saw, I think Sean O'Malley lost this fight. Anyway, he ended up winning in a split decision. So uh, the Nelk boys will be happy about that. I saw Kyle put $50,000 on Sean O'Malley to win that on Stake. Uh, what's up with this Stake Casino anyway? I mean, they've just signed these massive people in social media and they use this casino gambling app. I'm not sure if it's crypto-based or what, but they're all using it. So Stake, if you're looking for next your next up-and-comer guy who uh, you need to gamble on a website, I mean... I think I'm a good target, a good uh, good candidate for that. Uh, but Sean O'Malley won the first of the three big fights in a split decision. Um, and then Sterling and Dillashaw went at it for the weight belt. And I felt really bad for TJ Dillashaw. His shoulder was separated. It came out of its socket seconds into the fight. Uh, Sterling dominated Dillashaw during the first round. Obviously, he couldn't get up. He just laid on his back and wincing. Uh, they popped it back in in between rounds. And then Sterling... S- and still the champ of the Bantamweight division after, uh, after round, uh, not long into round two. I mean, Dillashaw apologized after the fight. He had been having some shoulder complications during camp and, I'm actually a little upset that Dillashaw took this fight. I mean, I know they're fighters and they're tough as nails, but um, but clearly, if you were dealing with shoulder injuries during your camp, um, you know this bantamweight division is so competitive that you know there was probably another guy ready to step in. The Sandman, Corey Sandhagen, comes to mind. But TJ Dillashaw ends up losing to Sterling Sterling, and still the bantamweight champion. And then obviously in the main event, Islam Makhachev beats Charles Oliveira for the lightweight belt. Not really that surprising because Islam was the favorite. Um, and if people are unfamiliar with Islam Macheikov, uh Habib, um, his father kind of had Habib as a fighter and Islam as a fighter. His Those are his one-two prodigy. And we know how dominant Habib was uh, during his run in the UFC. Obviously, when his father passed away, he retired. Now kind of the prize jewel out of Dagestan is this Islam Echeikev, and it looks like he's going to have a massive run at the lightweight division uh, for a long, long time. Uh, Obviously won the belt, and it's going to take a serious talent to take down this guy. I mean, these guys from Dagestan, they wrestle so well. Um, You know, Oliveira had just taken down, just pretty much rinsed the entire lightweight division. Uh, You know, Michael Chandler, Dustin Poirier, um, Justin Gaethje all come to mind. He couldn't even touch Oliviera. And then obviously Islam rolls in and beats him. So uh, it was a crazy UFC. I was happy it was in Abu Dhabi because I got to watch it. Typically, it's like 2, 3 in the morning of my time. So uh, awesome UFC fights on the weekend. I hope you guys enjoyed them. But we're going to move into the NFL. It was National Tight End Day in the NFL. And a guy hit like an eight leg parlay in the NFL. Um, eight tight ends for over their yards, and uh, I mean, congratulations! I always feel extremely jealous when I'm online on Instagram looking down the feed, and I see someone hit the giant parlay because I'm always missing mine. Ah, the realities of sports betting. Uh, but yeah, it was National Tight End Day, so um, congrats to all those tight ends. The last Sunday in February, or the fourth Sunday in February every year, it's the uh, National Tight End Day. Um, but my. Biggest storyline, my biggest question mark right now is Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers. They're in massive struggle mode. Obviously, they lost last Sunday. And I thought it was bounce back. What a great bounce back opportunity it was for the Green Bay Packers taking on the Washington Commanders. And what a great bounce back opportunity it was for Tom Brady and the Buccaneers to take on the Carolina Panthers, who obviously have had a absolute yard sale in the last week. They fired their coach. They traded Robbie Anderson. They traded Christian McCaffrey. P.J. Walker's playing. D.J. Moore's only their only real notable receiver. Chuba Hubbard's playing running back. Deontay Foreman, I do believe, is playing running back as well. I mean, just, just names that you don't, you know, don't oftentimes peg as superstars or, or peg as players that are gonna be competitive against the Buccaneers defense. But both Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers get beat. They both lose on the road on Sunday. I lost a lot of money, including these teams in parlays or having parlays surrounded around um, these two guys. And it's frustrating right now with watching Tom Brady and it's frustrating right now watching Aaron Rodgers. But these two teams are not out of it. It's still early in the NFL season. The Bucs remain in first place in the NFC South. That's how bad that division is with the Saints, Falcons, and Panthers. The Bucs are still in first place. They're 3-4. and Uh, The Green Bay Packers, I mean, obviously it's going to be challenging to to catch the Minnesota Vikings, but if there's one team that I do not trust to maintain a massive gap and lead in that division, it's got to be Kirk Cousins and the Minnesota Vikings. This team can collapse at any time. So these two teams are not out of it, and who knows? Maybe a little adversity is good for these teams. I remember two years ago, uh, when the the Buccaneers won the Super Bowl, I remember they got off to a bit of a rocky start. So we'll see what happens with these two. Obviously, it's been frustrating to watch these last two weeks, um, but they're definitely front and and center of all the head Lines and all the sports talk radio around the NFL. The Bucks and Packers lose to the Panthers and Commanders respectively. Dak Prescott returns to the Cowboys lineup and, and they look good. So did uh, Dalton Schultz. He was looking good. I mean, they absolutely dusted the Lions. The Lions turned the ball over, I think, six times. It was a frustrating game to watch. The Lions coming off the the bye. I mean, Dan campbell has got to be frustrated with that, having your team come off the bye and absolutely look awful. you got to take care of the football. That's the number one rule in football. They just lost that game. I didn't think the Cowboys were overly dominant. The, the Lions just lost the game. I mean, you just can't turn over the ball once, let alone like six, seven times. I'm not sure what the the actual turnovers were, uh, but it seemed like in the second half, it's just every, every possession the Lions had, they turned the ball over. Uh, so Dak Prescott and the Cowboys keep rolling, and that NFC East is an absolute grind fest because you get the Giants who won again. They end up winning last second, had a big stop on the goal line against the Jacksonville Jaguars, who actually ended up as a favorite in that game. They opened up as a favorite. And uh, no, they look really good. Uh, the Giants are playing really well under uh, K- uh, Dable, Brian Dable, and uh, and yeah, it's gonna be uh, it's exciting right now for New York fans because the Jets rolled into Mile High and beat the the Russell Wilsonless Broncos. So both the Jets and Giants win again. Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers lose again. That's not helping my betting right now. Um, but, uh, I'll get more into, you know, Sunday's sleep. We'll, we'll recap a bit more on Friday. Uh, but it was an electric Sunday. Um, a lot of upsets going on right now. I was looking at the board and I lot, I liked a lot of the favorites. You now, you know, it's not going to be a good betting week in the NFL and you like a lot of the favorites, but that's going to conclude quarter three. Episode 14, Season 3 of the Daily Intermission Podcast, and we're moving into the NHL, NBA, and PGA Tour to conclude the episode. Rory McIlroy had an opportunity this week. They were playing the CJ Cup in South Carolina. As you all remember, we had um, DB from the Tour Junkies on, and he had Kurt Katayama at 135-1. $10 paid, $1,300. The guy came runner-up. I couldn't believe DB gave that. It was a best bet, but Rory had the opportunity pre-week. I do apologize for getting ahead of myself. If he won and Scotty Schelfer finished less than second place, he would be the number one player in the world. And that's a, that's a tall mountain to climb. When, you, when you're playing golf and you know that if you win after the four days that you get the number one title in the world again, obviously a massive accolade in the golf world. But Rory, there's no pressure. He's playing such great golf right now. He wins his 23rd PGA Tour title, returns to the top of the golf world, and all is well on the PGA Tour and in the golf world. Rory McIlroy, such a lovable character. I heard a stat. On Twitter. So Rory's won 23 times in the PGA Tour. You think about all the titles he's won. All the FedEx Cups. I mean, all he's won a lot. 23 is a lot of tournaments. Tiger Woods has gone to a tournament and defended the title that he won the year before 23 times in the PGA Tour. That's how many times Tiger's won. 82 times. So 23 times for Rory McIlroy, about a fourth uh, of, of, I guess... You know, over probably around thirty percent of the the amount of titles that Tigers won. But Rory, unbelievable character for golf, uh, continues to be the spokesman and kind of spearheading the the new and revolutionized PGA Tour. But happy for Rory, it was an exciting event. So these guys will take a nice break now. Um, November and December will be quite quiet in the golf world, but. January we'll ramp things up. We're gonna get a survivor pool going in the in the PGA Tour on run your pool. So we'll do a one and done. So you pick the guy, you pick a player, whatever their finish, whatever their money earned that week was, will be your running total for the entire season. So we'll get that up and running in January. I'll keep you guys updated with that. The NHL has been absolutely electric and the Atlantic Division, I'm going to tell you right now, ladies and gentlemen, is going to be an absolute dogfight this season. We've got, obviously, the Boston Bruins, the Florida Panthers, the Tampa Bay Lightning, and the Toronto Maple Leafs, who were the four strongest teams last year, and they haven't gotten that much worse. So these teams are all going to be in the mix. It's the bottom four teams that I'm really looking at. It's the Detroit Red Wings, it's the Ottawa Senators, it's the Buffalo Sabres, and I can't remember the last team, and it's the Montreal Canadians. There they are. And those four teams have made serious strides in the offseason at getting better. A lot of their younger players are getting older. They're getting better in the NHL. And this, I remember there was like a 20-25 point gap between these last two teams last year in the Atlantic Division and the NHL. This gap is going to be much closer this season. I really think that this Atlantic Division is going to be tight. And when the chips fall at the end of the season, there might be some serious surprises in the Atlantic Division. I cannot wait to watch it. i got to give a Shout out to my guy, Drake Batherson, eight points in five games. Obviously the the pride of my city, uh, the face of my city. Um, so Drake, about, I say city, my town of, of uh, 1,500 people. But Drake obviously, um, you know, grew up here, played golf with them a lot during the summer. So Drake is having an incredible season for the Ottawa Senators, who I watch closely. Uh, but the Atlantic division, incredibly tight. It's been incredible. But uh, some major headlines in the NHL so far, the, uh, the Vancouver Canucks are the only team in the NHL that have not had a win It's unbelievable. This is a team that has been in a rebuild mode for like the last five years. They've got a top-tier goaltender. Their their defense are awful. Their forwards are not too bad. But Bruce Boudreau, I remember, I mean, Travis Green obviously got fired last year and Bruce Boudreau Boudreau was brought in. Uh, Bruce, there it is. I mean, the fan base was incredibly happy because he went on a nice little run. They had a playoff sniff last year. But you expected Vancouver to be better this year and they are 0-4-1 and they have not won a game. So they've got to get things back on track here because, I mean, if you have another one of these uh, types of streaks, uh, early your playoff run is early is done, and 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 you're a write-off. You know, before fifteen twenty games into the season, so Vancouver things are things are not well in that city. That city obviously is an absolute shit show when it comes to hockey. We all remember the twenty eleven Bruins uh, Stanley Cup win, and that city was nearly burned to the ground. Vancouver Canuck fans are crazy. Uh, Steven Stamkos in Tampa Bay. He already has seven goals. I mean, we know this guy's a prolific goal scorer. He's been injured the last few years, um, you know, off and on. But a 50-goal scorer, a 60-goal scorer, I do believe at times. But he's already off to seven goals. So this guy might be looking for a nice little Rocket Richard trophy. He's off to a great start. And another surprise, Craig Anderson, 41 years old, has the lowest goals against average right now for Buffalo. He's playing unbelievable. Look, Throwing it back, Craigie Anderson obviously former Ottawa Senator, but now, I mean, the first game of the year, he shut out the Ottawa Senators and really put on a show and he's playing well for Buffalo. So that Buffalo team, they're young and they're energized and, and they're playing really well. So the NHL is just a content machine right now and we'll check in with that more on Friday. But finally, we've got the NBA and we've got the LA Lakers and they are 0-3. LeBron James looks like he doesn't give a fuck and Russell Wilson can't hit a shot. Russell Wilson has shot four of 26 in the last two games. This guy is, when did Russell Wilson fall off the... Or, Russell Wilson when did Russell Westbrook fall off the cliff because I remember I mean it must have been 2013 2014 2015 I mean this guy was a triple double machine he was looked like one of the more athletic players in the NBA and now he's just falling off a cliff. Anthony Davis doesn't look very good. I mean, this Lakers team, and they have maybe the worst depth I've ever seen on a, on, a, on a big three NBA team. They don't have any shooters. I mean, this team is really struggling. So I think the Lakers need to make some moves. They need to figure this thing out. And they've got to get rid of Russell Westbrook. I mean, that guy just needs a new home. It's unbelievable. The Raptors and he played this week, and there was a nice little brawl. And I know a lot of people are kind of off and on about brawls. I love seeing the rough stuff in the NBA and the MLB. I love it. I absolutely love it. I love to see sparks fly. And Caleb Martin absolutely shoved the wheels off rookie Coloco on the Raptors into the crowd. They were beaking each other. I mean, it's pretty much the, the most physicality we're going to see in the NBA, but I really enjoyed it. And they play again tonight So for all the listeners yesterday night, the Raptors and heat would have played again. And I'm expecting to be gritty again. I expect these two teams to be playoffs teams in the Eastern conference. So we'll be keeping a close eye on the Raptors and heat. And if you didn't see that nice little brawl, go check it out. Uh, the Utah Jazz are undefeated. They're one of three teams undefeated. The Jazz, the Celtics, and Box, And they've got to be the most fraudulent team I've ever seen in, in sports. These This guy, these team is trying to be bad. I think Danny Ainge, who's the GM of this team, is probably pissed. He's probably like, what is going on? He traded Donovan Mitchell. He traded Rudy Gobert. I mean, these guys want to be bad. And they're winning games. They're 3-0. and So, I mean, obviously these guys are going to collapse. And I am going to be all over them going on a losing streak here soon. I'll be putting money on them losing. But the Utah Jazz remain the most fraudulent team in the NBA right now and I did want to mention John Morant and Jason Tatum they're they're one two in the in the NBA in points per game right now they're absolute studs the Celtics look like they're going to have another great season the Memphis Grizzlies are going to have another great season as well this John Morant guy he's he is so fun to watch he's flying making defensive blocks he is just an absolutely electric character um, so we'll check more into all of these sports here on Friday when we've got the full length of an episode but listen that's it for uh, episode 14 season three of the dinner mission podcast like i said making sure you five star the episode make sure you go check out annie on all of her socials make sure you're following along on our socials as well listen everybody enjoy your week let's absolutely fucking ride